Welcome to Three Devs and a Maybe, the podcast series for beginner web developers and general web enthusiasts. Now, introducing your show hosts Michael Budd, Fraser Hart, Lewis Keynes, and Ed Mann. Hello and welcome to another episode of Three Devs and a Maybe, the first episode of 2017. And today we are joined by my accomplished, I have no thing, see Mickey's always good at saying these things, but a very, very good friend of mine and dear um, podcast host, Mr. Lewis Keynes. How are we doing, Lou? That couldn't have gone any worse for you, could it? I know that everything went wrong there, but I'm going to keep that in because that one, you know, I think, you know, the audience needs to know that. Ed screws up a lot, you know? You are human. <laughs> Everyone's human. Yeah. Oh, man. How are you doing, Luke? I'm it's good. been ages. I don't know. I haven't looked through the podcast um, history to see when the last time you were on, but I'm pretty sure it was I think over, it was, well, I think it was episode 100. I think it was August 1998, wasn't it? Oh, good year. Ago, good year, good month. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I know it has been a little while, but um, life has been busy and things tick by and it's just not always been possible to to get on but you've as per usual done a sterling job of keeping it going and getting various people on and I, I gather you had a bit of a mishap with Joe the other week care to feel well, on what happened there uh well no so I mean the audience do does know but it's it's great to shame me again um yeah so <laughs> I I went for a recording and Joe was like your audio sounds weird and I was thinking and we both kind of thought oh no maybe it's just his headphones because he's so I don't he doesn't normally use headphones uh, it turned out it wasn't his headphones and it was indeed me sounding uh, like a robot it was a very weird thing and uh well well now what we've done and I've done like four recordings before this a couple on my own just to make sure my audio is set up all right and one with you just to make sure we just have a pre-recording just a couple of seconds or so of us just talking to make sure I don't sound like a robot like this. I know it was weird. Actually. It sounded like I was like really deep voice. It didn't sound like me. Uh, but what... yeah, so that, that, that's what happened then. But this time, hopefully this will be coming in clear HD goodness. Yeah. And we're, using, HD. we're using some new technology here, I see. I know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The Zencaster stuff. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, I think it's, this is going to be a, yeah, it's just a great tool. I mean, it's already saved us a ball lake of having to like set up Skype, get our audio hijack pro and all this stuff. So no, it's going to be awesome. So it's nice when there's a nice little online service that you can just use well, in there rather than it's one to of download these... all the bits and bobs. That's it. And it's one of those problems where, you know, more people are doing podcasts and I'm really happy about that. Like the more podcasts, the better, you know, because, you know, if we can start one, anyone can start one, I feel. I feel um, massively out of the loop with doing these. I know it, I know that it's been ages since I've been on one and it's it's a bit crazy. You know, I looked at the, you did a great job of redesigning our website, by the way. I had a look. Oh, thank it. you. And it, that was a massive hack job from me, from my own site. And then I must, I must uh, thank uh, Paul, which is a from MDO. I can't remember his actual tw- his actual real name, but that's his Twitter handle. Uh, he's that was his one opportunity to be famous. You can't even remember his name. <laughs> oh, I'll put it in the show notes though. Yeah. But he's he's famous beyond just being now. Uh, but yeah, he's done like he did some great Jekyll kind of like initial simple designs. Oh, that's a blog. Uh, platform isn't it it's a, yeah so that's what we use actually so we just use jekyll the blog platform and then we host just on a digital ocean set out of box at the moment i know uh, i know this you don't, you don't have to tell me this this is awesome <laughs> i didn't know that at all it doesn't get enough credit to any of all these people listening ed is the driving force behind this podcast and- i'm the guy who has no life who uh just likes to talk to people that's not necessarily true Sorry, that sounds really awkward. Not necessarily. That's not, I meant to say that's, that's not, not necessarily true. true. It's partially true. Like you know, you can kind of look at it. It's, it's kind of yeah, you know. You have definitely a, true. You have a very busy life these days. You've bought a new place. 
I know. Well, that's yeah, it's true, absolutely. And, and thank you again for the welcoming present. And right. again, like actually, but this is did we go to Cyprus? Yeah, we did go to Cyprus before the episode 100, I think. No, no, I I, I haven't been on this show for wow for donkeys years. Oh well, right, yeah. Well, yeah, again, thank you for Cyprus. That was an amazing time. Oh yeah, god, that well, was back great. In September. Yeah, I know was... that does feel like yonks away. Like go now. Yeah, me. Uh, and thank you for the head, welcoming. Head lady went to Cyprus. Yeah, and uh, yeah, thank you for the um, the present, the welcoming present, and thank you for the card, for the Christmas card, and the welcoming card, and yeah, everything. So. And yeah, yeah, uh, and yeah. How how well, I suppose how are things going your end, Lucy? You said you've been busy. Is that busy in life as well as in programming? What what's been going on? Busy in life, busy in programming. Yeah, I guess so. So uh, when I'm going to make a random guess and say I was probably on here in about July. I would have, I would have thought. Sorry, hiccup. Then right in the middle of speaking. Uh, yeah, so middle of Julyish, and that was right in the middle of probably one of my busiest spells ever, putting together this Jeremy James website, which I talked to Bell, which uses the Fibra and Zoop, uh, not Fibra, no, right move and Zoopla APIs. So that was a big project that took up most of my summer, and um, knackered me out. To be honest, <laughs> it was one of those full-on projects. It seemed like it was never going to be done. There were so many moving parts there, weren't there? Yeah, there were. There were a lot of moving parts, and the the process since launch hasn't been smooth either. But the site, the site, I don't, it's been all right. The site itself has stood up fine, and and all the functionality that I built has has stood. It's you know has been fine. Haven't had any issues at all actually since we launched, which was good. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that dominated my summer pretty much. I didn't even get out on the golf course as much as I'd like to. And that's not good. See, that's, that's when you know Lou's busy. You know, if yeah. you can't make time for golf, there really is going to, you know, there's, there's a, there's an imbalance in Lou's life. There is a severe imbalance in life. So, so yeah, that basically <laughs> took, took us through. And then I think you guys came up, that was probably around my birthday to see the new place. Now oh yes, through. I really enjoyed it. And, uh, and then yeah, a little holiday rolled around, went off to Cyprus for two weeks. That was very, very well, well What's the word? Well received. I don't know. Well received, yeah. yeah your your body and mind well received. It was well, well received, my was, body and mind. It was well had. It was a holiday well had. Probably the hottest I've ever known it be out there, wasn't it? God, it was oh, it was lovely. Baking. Yeah, it was perfect. So yeah, the four of us had uh, had a good, nice little week away. Well, we were there for two weeks actually, and um, and then yeah, basically, literally the day that we got back from holiday, we went off to pick up our our new little puppy, Blue. So. And life, life since then has pretty much been all about him. It's and been not blue. It's, it hasn't been blue. That that sounds bad. It, it it's hasn't been, been all, blue. Not at all. Hasn't been blue. It's been the opposite of blue. No, but his name is blue. It's been it's been brilliant. I've ne- we've never had a dog before. Always wanted one, and just decided we. Thankfully, there was a, a breeder that lives probably only about half an hour away from us that just posted on um, Gumtree one day. My my missus loves Gumtree. She's on there all day, every day. And um, quite often we're going out driving bits and bobs that she's picked up. So she um, she saw this advert for for a lady that was um, breeding golden retriever puppies, which I didn't realise are massively sought after and very rare. So yes, they are, well they are the they are the do- I think they're like the typical they're the most popular dog, aren't they? Yeah, I would I say so. probably because they are kind of like the most ubiquitous. You know that a dog looks like a golden retriever kind of family dog. Yeah, they are um, not, not belittling any other dogs. You know, I'm not saying like you know other dogs are bad. I'm just saying that you know they are probably the other dogs are available. Other dogs. <laughs> if we were the BBC, we'd have to say that, wouldn't we? Yeah, we would. Uh, available in other shapes and sizes. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, there was a litter of six, and I think there were people coming from all the way, like from Yorkshire. That's mental. Places for the others. So um, we we were just basically had to make a spur of the moment decision like are we going for it you know this is probably as good a chance as we'll get 
And uh, you've just got the new place, bigger place. You've exactly. got enough space for the dog. You might as well, yeah. I'm now I'm now working remotely, so I can be around for the dog. So, uh, so yeah, we went for it, and then yeah, literally the day that we got back from Cyprus was the day that we picked him up. Although that that happened a day earlier than it was supposed to, but that's fine. We were just a bit more tired and unprepared than we would have been with given the extra night's sleep. But yeah, so since then it's been a constant routine of um, puppy walking, dog, puppy training, going to classes, but getting him to stop chewing things. Although he's been actually really, really good like that, and. Um, just getting to know the little guy really and getting, nah, him, getting him so settled cool. in and there's lots of pictures on my Facebook page. I don't think I've actually tweeted any out. Maybe I need to do that. I but... think I think you definitely need one picture at least just so the audience can see how freaking cute this dog is. Yeah, he's, uh, he's great. He's a, he's a very, very lovely natured dog. We're very lucky and um, it's been a it's been a massive change of pace getting him because obviously it was just the two of us before so we could go out and do whatever we wanted whenever we wanted. So probably not quite the same as, as having a human child but... There's a lot I, think of- it, I think it's on par. I mean, like, you know, I think you, you're now looking after another being, aren't you? Another yeah. living thing I think relies that, on you. That's uh, probably something that Mike hasn't discussed, apart from the fact that he's doing his degree and got a baby and, you know, has about five minutes a day to himself or whatever. He's also got a dog. So. Yeah, he, he got landed with a dog, bless him. He doesn't oh, talk man. about that one much. But, yeah, so... The, the Skype call we had with you when we first got the place, like Blue is just, yeah, he is just stupidly cute. And like the puppy training and everything must be interesting. I mean, so h- how how have you found kind of like, I mean, obviously there's another part of this, it's work side, yeah. uh, the boring side. Uh, but h- how's work been for you? Like since kind of the Jeremy James stuff went live and what have you been working on? It's set, It's been settled down quite a lot, actually, which has been quite nice. I've, I've had the opportunity to try and get back to, to learning some new bits and bobs. So... Um, I got Adam Wadden's Laravel testing course that he bought out. Hi, Adam. I know you're going to be listening. If you are, you would then hi. I probably won't be willing. We'll definitely be listening to yeah. his podcast. Full yeah. Stack is is on to... is definitely on the list. I it do is so good. Listen to that, and uh, he does a great job with that. But the um the bit, I've only got I think two modules into his course so far, but it's fantastic and it's really got me thinking about test driven development properly. It's not something that I'd used a massive amount before, but I've. To be honest, most of the test-driven development I've been doing was just to mess around with uh, services and making HTTP calls and all that stuff. But... I think he's really found a niche that works so well, like trying to tackle that, one of the hardest problems of getting people to do TDD. And yeah, I, I, it's on my radar to look at next, like to buy that, because I really love what he's done. Like he's gone from, you know, working for a company, I think he was working remote last year, to now he's set up his own kind of business and things. And he's now doing these bits and it's, you know, he did his book and now he's done his his screencasts and stuff. And his podcast is just going strength to strength. And it, yeah, he he really is just it's great stuff he's been pump he's been pumping out and I think it'd be what, really cool to try and get him back on the show, see if he's interested in coming on our little on our little show again. Yeah, I think what him and Jeffrey Wade done is um is brilliant. They've shown that you can set something up for yourself and do well out of it. You know, and, and learning resources and stuff where, you know, typically you'll see like the big ones where it's like, you know, the O'Reilly's or the Addison Wesley's or whatever. You need to have these big contracts with people or, you know, like you have to be a name beforehand or have a great idea. You, you really can just do it yourself. You can just get Lean Pub set up, you know, have an idea, start writing it, see if people like it and stuff. And he he's, he released like a, a, um, a really interesting. It's another one with the guy Ian Landsman. Uh, he's done two podcasts with him, like who's from um, Open No User Escape, I think it is. It's the 
didn't he? Or still yeah, does. Uh, Tate, that's it. I think he did. Yeah, he used to work for him. And, and like he was talking a lot about the business side and stuff. And like it's it's just so interesting. Like I, I'll put those in the show notes, those podcasts, because I, I listen to those at least a couple of times. Um, they really are interesting. Interesting kind of like looking at more of the soft skills and kind of like the other side of programming, kind of, you know, the idea of like trying to make a product. And, and it's really interesting. Well, it's, it is interesting because I think in a lot of ways, that's where the money to be made out of web seems to be now. It's um, it's quite an interesting comparison. I mean, like web agencies that just literally code up websites from start to finish and then, you know, provide maybe a bit of maintenance and everything. And they have to quote for design and then build and everything just doesn't seem to be as lucrative as it should be. It's like the client doesn't really understand everything that's going into it. Whereas if you build a product like that, that people are going to like and is going to be popular, it seems to be such a better way of trying to generate money i mean like you guys you work for um for a product don't you basically so that's it and i think it's such a different vibe working on a product and and I, i love it like you know i think there's always that kind of people will say well doesn't it get boring and it's like no because when you work for a product and you understand what a product is there's so many things that just are constantly changing you know it's never done it's never like just shipped and released and we're like yep we've done that product let's go it's not it's not the same vibe as you get in an agency where you know as you say it's like build a brochure website or build a simple e-commerce website for someone it's it's a product it's it's a very different being and it has its own kind of life <laughs> yeah exactly whereas i work for a company that designs and makes websites and churns out x amount of them over the year but it doesn't it just doesn't seem to be that people want to pay the money that they should be for them it's really strange have, have you thought about like have you thought as a company maybe like looking into kind of product development any ideas kind of trying to you know doing some kind of dev work in that regard and investing a little bit of time in some products yeah it's been it's been discussed it's obviously trying to find the niche isn't it trying to find what's not been done yet and i've i've got some ideas myself for things that i wanted to start thinking about it's um it's it's something i'd love to do it'd be a lot of work um but no i I mean i completely agree with you though that you know products products are different products are there's the pros and cons of both you know if you're interested in kind of quick repl loops quick feedback loops quick kind of in and out yep ship it start a new product start a new you know tech stack maybe you want to use you know you want to try node for this you want to try python for this you want to try ruby for this you want to try scala you want closure you know it's great where you can just do simple brochure stuff where it's or you know it's kind of i I say i don't mean it to like a simple as in like the word it sounds hard actually because when i say simple i don't mean like it's simple to do like some of the things that you actually end up having to do and this is what the problem the client doesn't understand i don't think is very complex uh or very you know taxing and stuff but kind of like the the scope is very simple of what they want but they may want certain little bits that are you know different on stuff and obviously those are the little bits that add-ons that turn into it becoming yeah. its own and beast they, and they prefix that with i assume it wouldn't be too difficult to just do that yeah there we go and then you get the silly billy tax uh and then that's when you tax. get that lovely mug uh <laughs> yeah. silly billy tax need a refund oh dear but yeah Man. actually we 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 have we are sort of going down the the product road at the moment now i've been i've inherited this data room product that um, my company's been working on it's not actually something that i built initially but because at the time that they needed it i had a load of other projects on the go so they outsourced it to another local web company but now it's kind of been built or more or less built they want it back in house so obviously to save money so i've i've kind of re-inherited this code base how have you found that yeah, it's not been too bad. It's kind of built on three parts. I mean, the product itself, it's called the Data Room, or the Data Six is the actual name, and it, it's Ooh, it's dead simple. It's 
because a lot of our clients are, are property based it's just a secure area where they can upload their files and pdfs and documents and everything and just sort them into folders and things like that and it's got a user management feature as well so they can decide whether who can access files who can access the data room who can download who can add files add new users and various bits like that and it can it can send batch emails out to to clients and things so it's see see, that's interesting something like that right so it's very much kind of like an idea that's been done in many areas but you've got a niche that you want to put it in you've got your little spin on it and you're able then to you know obviously brand it and do it for your specific audience and that's something that could you know could sell because it's that's what one of the Ian Landsman podcasts was about like with um Taylor with Adam Watham was you know like the idea that it doesn't have to be a, a revolutionary idea or design or something it just has to be something that one niche will cater for you're catering for a certain niche in a certain way you know maybe think, the fact uh, your sales emails is such an important thing or maybe the fact that you've got this user management that these people understand is such an important thing i think i think the, the keyword niche here is you know it's simplicity i think if you can do something even if it's the same as something that's been done before but make it simpler easier and quicker then you know it's i gonna think sell. it's gonna yeah. sell you would think so wouldn't you I mean, that's what this does. I mean, we've looked at another, a load of other similar products and they're just so cho- cho- chunk, chunky and bloated. I nearly got those words combined. Choted. I like it. Blunky. I like that. <laughs> Blunky. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's that's why, as I'm sure we'll come on to a minute, I've been I've been learning Vue a lot and using Vue a lot alongside and been implementing a lot of a lot of it into that just to um, just try and make the whole UI really nice and clean and fast and you know, using a lot of key down events just to make things quicker and bits that's of cool. Like that. So yeah, it's it's really cool. It's you more know. like pro user kind of kind of uh, functionality that Pretty allow much. them to get you do done. Yeah, get things done quicker. Yeah, but this this whole thing it's built in in three parts. So it's got the 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 actual API element which uh, which they've built using Yi, which I I don't really know an awful lot about. And from what I've I've seen a lot of Yi code. And I just don't like the look of it. This isn't a criticism to the developers at all. It's just I don't like the look of Yee code. Your brain works. Yeah, it's all it's all this um, this like this static property, this Yee static property, and then preceded by whatever else. And I don't know. It's just when you get used to working with Laravel, you you can see certain bits in comparison to Yee that are just way less code. And I, I don't know if that's the framework or it's just the code base I'm working with. But I don't know. I maybe oh, it's been... a valid i mean it's a valid criticism for that code base like you say maybe that is the way they've done it i mean as you say so it's not ideal code it's legacy code in your kind of head you know where it's foreign legacy code that you haven't seen before you haven't touched no. and now you're having to maintain it have you looked at you at all I've, I've never sadly no i haven't had that lovely experience i think one of the strengths i think you get quite a lot out of the box with it i think you um a bit a bit like um like Taylor's introduced into the more Lara- recent Laravel versions where you can scaffold out all your whole user login functionality and registration stuff. I think you can do all of that with it, which is cool. And um, I think it just comes with a load of like widgets and things like that, which are quite useful probably, but I've not used them. So I can't really elaborate much more on that. But yeah, they use that for the um, for the REST API, which uh, so far is from what i can see works absolutely fine so i haven't got to do anything with that i don't think which is good i can leave all the year code alone but that that is a great thing that's a good separation there exactly. to be able to then spec, like you know control your efforts on one thing yeah precisely and uh the second bit is uh, there's like the admin panel which is more of the front end it's built on ye as well 
but I don't know if I'll have to mess around with that. That seems to be working fine as well. But you actually you create all the data rooms as a subdomain. So you just go in and you can configure all your settings and things in there. And then um, the actual front end code for the data room itself, which is which isn't in any PHP framework or anything. That's just that, that's where I've been working on the most. There's been a lot of refactoring that I've been doing on there because um, it was it was quite nice actually. It was the first time in ages that I've seen proper like raw PHP procedural code. You get what does so it make you feel? You're like, oh, look at it. I mean, it is simple, isn't it? I was, but well, it depends on who wrote it, but. Oh, oh yeah, it was absolutely fine. There was a, a tiny little bit of um, of OOP in there, just maybe one or two classes, but way too many, um, way too much logic in the actual, well, they're not view files, just in the actual PHP like, well, yeah, presentation layer of it. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So um, my first step was to basically go right back through that and just basically try and refactor and get logic out of there as much as possible and i to be honest i absolutely love doing that it's refactoring seems to be one of my favorite things that sounds weird doesn't it but i well no because it's a, it's a very fulfilling task isn't it being able to see something you know that you saw at the beginning you're able to look at like a git report like a pull request and be like look what it was and now look what it is now yeah exactly and you know it, it provides the same functionality but it you know it's it's written in a more clearer way i, mean, I know that taylor otway has been going on on twitter like how he's been go- reading through all the source of laravel uh, slowly going through bits and upgrading bits and you know refactoring bits and stuff so you know it, even in the framework layer like all layers you, it's great to go through code and kind of you know look back at it and, and especially if you don't understand the code you know it's it's different code to you know it's, well, exactly. it's new code to you yeah i mean being being um procedural code a lot of it uses like a lot of curl requests and stuff like that for the http calls and again it sounds awful but i've not massively used that i always use guzzle or things like that you know, which are obviously written on top of those. Yeah. So just no, to... it's good. I mean, it's good to kind of go to the root layer and see what's going on. I mean, these abstractions we have, sometimes you do just pick up an abstraction and you never understand and learn the, the underlying thing because people tell you, no, no, don't use it. But actually, it's good sometimes to do that is to go and look and see what's happening, especially in this case where you actually have to go and understand it. And if you're going to bring in abstractions, you're going to have to understand how it was done beforehand to work out what you need to do, um, you know, in, in the future. Exactly. or in, you know, and bit, Bits like that, I haven't actually... I, ch- I chose to not rewrite those because I thought, you know, it's good to have those as a reference should I need it for anything else going down the line. And it's obviously code that works as well. So I don't want to I don't want to tinker with it too much. If it's working, then, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it's not it's not that the code itself was written messily. It was just, you know, wasn't in the best place it could be. So I just put it in in a class and stuff like that. So just just general tidying it up because obviously I've got to be maintaining this thing going forward. So it's in That's my it. It's in my interest to make it as understandable to me as possible. Yeah, it's picking, and also it's picking your battles when refactoring because, you know, the trouble is, is, is you could just say, oh, no, forget it completely. No, I want to rewrite from scratch. But, you know, for the client, for your boss and for you, is that the most good, you know, is that the most relevant thing to do with your time? Like, is it the most effective thing to do with your time? I fall into this trap so often and it's... I'm trying to think what I heard the other day. I think it might have even been at the start of um, like the opening video of Adam Wallen's testing Laravel video. It's just basically the the whole crux of it was like focus on like the most important bits first. Does it need? Does it actually need to be done like this? You know, is there an actual reason that time needs to be spent building this feature, or you know, is there a way that I can you know simplify the process? And in my case, no, I don't need to rebuild that, so I may as well not spend any time on it there you go you know what i mean it's um... uh, the, the most effective time is to time you don't spend you know and, and that's that's growing as like a developer is understanding that 
Yeah, precisely. So, you know, and it's kind of sucking in saying, well, you know, it's not priority to, to refactor this. If I had time, I'd do it. If I, I'd change it or, you know, I'd, I'd completely rewrite it. But sometimes it's maintaining stuff that's already there. Yeah. And, um, my and slowly building up and refactoring it while you're there. That's why it's good having test cases. And even if you do your own coverage as well, yeah. you're able then to refactor parts. Even if end-to-end test, it just allows you to refactor the bit in the middle. Uh, and slowly, obviously, you're going to, you know, I mean, this is the great thing about his course. I'm sure it goes into all these really interesting things. It's 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 a brilliant course. There's a, there's a couple of things that I've I've kind of encountered along the way, which one of them I'm still not sure what to do with it. You know, um, basically, you can visit a page on a website and you can mock filling in a form yes. and stuff like that. What I've got is I, I'm using a test database alongside, or in some of the some cases I use a test database. I'm actually, as part of his course, using an in-memory database, which is something I hadn't hadn't done before. But that saves a lot of time with the testing. But um, when I when if I go into a page and fill out the form during the test and then submit the form, that still populates the actual database and not the test one. I haven't figured out how to um, All right. make it make it populate the test database because if um, Obviously, if you're if you're doing an insert from within your test or something like that, you know you're obviously using your test database. But if you're interested, so you need to make sure that you've stubbed out and you've 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 using the right dependency in the web application as well. Then, yeah, it could be in the yeah. setup of it. Yeah, I mean that's that's probably something that we'll get onto with it. But that's one of the one of the things that I've come across, and I'm just trying to think what else. Just the whole workflow of actually like wireframing pages to make sure the output on the page is as you expect it and then you you know even before you put in all the all the html and css you just literally like having a having a a, a page that you can visit on the website that will just read all the information out that and you know to make it display that it like it should be i'm stuttering a lot today i'm rusty i'm podcast rusty. no you're fine man you're doing fine <laughs> i'm so paranoid about doing these things i always think i sound stupid but no, you don't. You sound far. I think the trouble is because you haven't done it in so while. This is the problem. You see, it kind of like makes it a bigger thing than it is. It's quite when you don't come from a web background. It's like it's not what I've been doing my whole life. It's whenever I talk about this stuff, I th- I always think the whole time is what I'm talking about making any sense at all. Yeah, but then someone will mention it. You see, this is the idea, and this is why it's great with having audio audience participation. Is they'll say, "Oh no, by the way, that was maybe not right," or something. You learn. Yeah, that's how I think. You know. I'm sure stuff, I mean, I, I listen back to stuff I, I spoke about a couple of weeks, you know, like last episode. I'm like, oh, God, did I really say that? But <laughs> you feel, no, nah, at that time I thought that, I said that, and that's what it is. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, it's, I, I try not to be pretentious with web because it's very, very easy to, to to come across that way, isn't it? And try like try and sound like you're talking a better game than you actually know. And I I definitely try and avoid that. It's interesting, actually, there was, uh, I've seen some tweets from like Taylor Otwell where he's been saying recently how he's been contacting people to find out more about their their products with i can't even remember what it was but he basically it from their point of view it didn't sound like they even knew their own code so that's interesting yeah that's that's great i mean it is it is all about balance uh, a personal balance within yourself of like and i think we all constantly go through the imposter syndrome and we all constantly you know battle this kind of you know am i doing it right am i saying it right am i thinking it right oh i suck i'm all right i'm confident i'm not all confident and you just have to kind of roll with it, you know, and you just look, keep on learning. Yeah. I mean, that's the beauty of like learning resources and learning materials and things is, and podcasts in general is like keep on learning. Exactly. Exactly. This has been very me heavy so far. We haven't talked about how things are going your end. How are you? How well, are you? I mean, I, I gab on each week, so don't <laughs> worry about that, dude. But yeah, things are going fine. My man, like Christmas went well. Um, we did off. We did. So not only did we buy the house, we also then stupidly, I think I signed myself up for, uh, we signed ourselves up for doing uh, Christmas Day 
food and stuff uh the christmas meal and for amy's family and are you, uh, a, are, you well. a, are you a renowned chef or not yeah man of course i no i'm not that great i i, I know how to do enough uh, me and amy both did it it was great actually it was quite fun doing it we did a gammon we did a turkey we did all the bits and bobs you know you need it and it's all about timing everything is just timing isn't it with like a big roast. i mean it's essentially yeah. a big roast and it's all about timing um but yeah no it was it went really well and we were, we were really quite proud of ourselves i so were like yeah we did it you know um and it was kind of like a, it sounds weird but that was more real about getting a house it's like wow okay yeah wow we do our own christmas dinners now it's it's, it's a real feeling yeah um but yeah other than that like house stuff's going well yeah um, we are we're slowly but surely there's still a load of batter like we're, we're there's still a load of boxes to unpack and we've... same here we've been here since March. <laughs> it will never end will it yeah. um and like the other thing is amy's mum, bless her she's still saying well amy you do have some stuff for our house that you need to come and collect so once we've got rid of these boxes we know there's going to be more to come uh, but slowly but surely, uh, we got the heating done, which was a result, which is always good. And we're going to be doing decorating um, of the bathroom. That's the first thing that he's doing. Uh, they didn't do the best of jobs, uh, the, the previous people here. So that's what our first kind of like, yeah, I think, yeah, I think I'm sure you're the same. Like you've got like a list of the priority of things that need to be done. Yes. Um, you know, like, oh, right, this definitely needs to happen next. This could happen. Nice to have some things. It's almost like a project. It is just like a product, like a, you know, coding product, like nice to have definitely is and all this kind of thing yeah it's it's definitely that but in in our old house that we've been Tom and Joel's where we lived I I did a lot of the DIY work which makes me sound like I'm a brilliant DIY person I am terrible you're a handy man sir yeah. it took me three hours to put up a curtain rail once just because I couldn't get the thing level <laughs> sounds like it would be and like now, me mate yeah. don't worry that sounds like me yeah but now now we're here we're um we're obviously this is this is a bit more permanent so I, I don't think I should be doing any DIY here Although you know your, ta- you, your talents are somewhere else. You know, this is why you respect other people's skill sets, yeah. you know, and you get them to do the job. Absolutely. It's just, uh, it's not something that I'm very good at. If, I, if I'm trying to hammer a nail in, I'll either hit my thumb or it will go out sideways <laughs> or bounce off something and then hit my wife in the head or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. How's your new office set up then? Uh, the office setup as well, thanks, man. Yeah, it's all kind of you know we're rocking the three monitors and everything. I uh, got the vinyl player next to me, which is always a, a must-have, you know. And and last week actually, so actually speaking about Christmas stuff, I think you were off all Christmas, weren't you? Yes. Yeah, you had a nice break. Good, good, good. Uh, I, I I worked a couple of days last week, uh, right. which was fine and stuff, but it was really interesting actually. So the last couple of weeks actually, uh, I've been working on some. So at my builder, so we have kind of oh well, when I first started, we kind of. Our process, and especially when you're talking about you know bringing in APIs, bringing in the fact of uh, you know things like no, you know we're using no NPM and we're using you know like React stuff, so we have a lot of that stuff, local service for development and stuff, and then being able to upload all these different APIs to, to our dev servers and stuff, things started to get a bit more complex. Yeah. Um, it went from just two simple Symphony two applications uh, and also Symphony one one to pretty much explosion of APIs and things like that as well. So. What I did was I started creating the simple bash scripts and it was one of those things where it's just a very trivial, you know, a couple of functions that just do some bits for you, automate the processes, like, you know, as a hacker does, like a developer does. Um, and then that got a bit more complex and it's grown and grown and grown. And and really, we are kind of in our knowledge base. We have a GitHub repo, uh, which is just our knowledge base with a load of like 
you know, like instructions and stuff about typical things, to, you know, that need to be done and like, you know, kind of processes, but also we had this MB functions, um, uh, shell file, bash file. And essentially what it was, was like, copy this in, put it into here, source it and just use it. And well, you know, we'd be then like, Oh, update, by the way, update your source file. You're going to need to update it now. All right, copy it and paste it. And it just so back in the olden days of like copy and pasting things from oh, forwards. Yeah. So I started looking actually at some composer stuff and like automating it using composer. But I think Gavin was right. Well, what we ended up doing was uh, using homebrew. So we all use Max and homebrew. I think if you don't know, I don't know what homebrew is. It's essentially kind of like kind of like app get. It's kind of like a, a package manager for Mac. So it allows you to install, you know, like all your packages and stuff like install, like say I want PHP on here and you could use casks as well, which is like, I want to install yeah. Google Chrome. And it, it just allows you to set up an environment without having to install DMGs and, you know, making compiling software yourself. Simple uh, based and super quick. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. So what we did was we made our own tap. So they're all done by tap. So we made our own homebrew tap and we actually, what we've done is I moved, I refactored a lot of the of all these shell scripts and stuff from these functions and i we moved them into a repository and we're now able to just do an mb tap update essentially that updates and pulls down the latest version so now we have this automated process where people who need the development tools can just do update and it will provide them with the latest and greatest um, another thing we actually did also was there's a thing I, I, there's a thing called this brew bundle uh, and it's a brew file and what it allows you to do is essentially take a snapshot of these are our, are the currently installed packages on my machine so what we did was we created this brew file for uh, my builder uh, development environments that says, look, you want to install all this stuff. You know, you're going to want to have, you know, PHP. You're going to want to have PHP Storm. You're going to have want all these things installed, like Xcode and stuff. And essentially what this oh, I've done is I've incorporated that into the MB tap update. And all it does is it makes sure that you've got the latest, uh, you've got these installed on your machine. Oh, wow. So in theory, it makes it much easier to do set up a new machine and also keep an existing machine up to date with what needs to be done. So this is to um, install things globally as opposed to just in the project. That's it. Oh, yeah. So so th this is like the, the brew file is for, you know, your whole global machine so, or, or like your user essentially saying like, you know, this user needs to have Google Chrome, all these browsers installed uh, and make sure and asserts that this is the case. Uh, and it's, it's been working really well, actually. And the, the functions, I mean, I did we did kind of go back and forth. I was thinking maybe we could use PHP for the functions, but keeping it just as a bash kind of it's very simple. Uh, they're very trivial. They're kind of like, you know, very small little files that are just the functions themselves. And it seems to be working okay. And, and I, I really do love the concept of having brew taps, like having your own tap that allows you and your own kind of formulas that you can then use to set up your own environments. And, so and it's the, worked really well. The, the code for that, is that still just bash scripts or is that... Yep, got yep, just bog standard bash scripts yeah. um I, i've done a couple of there's a couple of things i'd like to put in a blog post that are kind of like little abstractions little functions that i've done like help make it easier to do like the because like because the concept of like what we had was we had a lot of like composer installs and a lot of you know upload these and set these up and stuff and add a lot of output uh but really we only ever want to display the output if there was an error so i kind of encapsulated that and you've got this concept of running and you can run it in like verbose mode which will give you what the functions actually that's running and also its output but in, other than that, what it will do is it will just say, oh, yeah, I'm running this and it will only output, say, like error or success. And then you can obviously go into verbose mode after that. And that's the beauty of like having good status exit codes in like bash files and all these commands as you know, then if something's occurred. Yeah, oh, that's really that's really interesting, actually. So are you still using like a package.json to bring in stuff locally or? 
Oh yeah, so so sorry. Yeah, so this is just for like the development machine. Yeah, literally so, just for the, the working environment. That's it. Yeah. So because because of the working environment, because we've got so many different things now, and the, the repository, because we've got two repositories. So we've got the main one, which is a big monolith, but really it's not because it's got lots of sub composer packages and stuff. Um, and then we've got um these an admin, a Symphony admin, a Symphony one kind of partial admin. So we've got two repositories, and it's really kind of trying to orchestrate and keep those up to date and setting them up properly and stuff and uploading to development servers and things and it's funny when when these processes get more and more complex you slowly build on them and it was like this functions file was very small at first that i had and then we gave it you know we shared it around and and then it turned into no we're probably gonna have to invest a little bit of time in making this you know more of an automated better process for updating and the things like that because yeah it, 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 it i think it was valuable time well spent so would you go a further step along you know down the road at that at some point and maybe try and incorporate that into a whole virtual machine or i'm not really sure i, I think at the moment because because we're all on max and we don't have to worry too much about that like we can all kind of you know it's very nice that it's all just a brew fart it's just brew yeah. it's homebrew and stuff and i think we're quite lucky there and we just need to make sure we've got all these versions installed and stuff and as we've got development servers and stuff that you know have their own php versions it's it's not too bad yeah um but no it's been, it's been really interesting and, and actually one thing cool. Yeah, one thing actually that was related to that, which I had to do an update yesterday. And this is the great thing. It's like, oh crap, yeah, we need to make sure that everyone has this. It's like, oh yeah, I could just add it to the brew file. Everyone does brew MB, yeah, MB tap update. It updates, it installs it. Uh, was So have you ever heard of Genie Motion? Uh, no. So Android testing. So one thing I had to do yesterday was, um, or last week a bit and then finished up yesterday was update our lazy load implementation, our lazy load image implementation. Mm -hmm. Uh, And essentially lazy load images is like, you know, so you want to load up the page and then once the page has been loaded, then you can load in these images. Uh, There's many of them online. That's it. Yeah, there's many online. Like if it's opened on, you know, Viewscape, Viewport, only load it when I can see it. Um, And we just wanted a very small trivial one that worked just with, you know, vanilla JavaScript that takes for our needs uh it needed to handle both just images and also background images and divs because uh, in some cases it's easier to do those uh, so i implemented that and also we needed to fix our page ready implementation so it turned out that actually in ie 10 uh page ready the one we were using um like it was firing too soon there was a couple of bugs and i was like this is really weird and then i realized actually it was the implementation and you had to use this do scroll hack thing to make sure that you're you know are you using it's annoying again it's one of these ie problems but anyway so wasn't ie during... supposed to be fixed by the time it got oh, to 10 man. well this is the problem isn't it it's just it's these little quirks but anyway like so i had to go through and i i formatted my hard drive and i started again over the new year and i had to set up my virtual machines again so i had to set up you know the microsoft ones mm. and They've really done a good job there. I can't yes, really have. knock Microsoft now. I've got, like, I've got you all can, of those. That's it. You can yeah. you can for freely, you know, just download a VirtualBox for Mac that has, you know, IE 10, IE 11 and Edge and stuff. So you can do development very, you know, very easy there. And also like I'm lucky, we're, you know, we're all iOS developers and we've got our Macs so we can easily do iOS testing, simulator stuff. But the one problem is I don't have an Android device. And Android obviously is a big market share and you need to test on Android and Chrome and stuff. So I use GenieMotion for that. Um, you can download and install like the whole Android Studio, I think, and stuff, and do it that way with the emulator. But I found Genie Motion. I spoke, I'm sure we talk, spoke about it ages ago, but it's probably one of the best. Like, it's, you can you know just put it in, set it up, and then what it allows you to do is it allows you to just simulate you know certain specs of Android devices and stuff at certain versions. But one thing I did have a problem with was that it actually. It didn't. So the the, the full, you know, the install the uh, Android version that they actually give you 
doesn't have Chrome on it. So it will use like their stock Android browser, but no one uses that. No one uses the stock Android browser. Yeah. And I think they've actually removed it since like Android 6 or something. So what I've been able to do, what I was looking at is trying to install Chrome on it. And it turns out it was a bit of a pain. So I ended up, but it was a bit of a pain searching for it. But now once you know, know how to do it, it was quite easy. And it was using uh, APK Mirror. So I don't know how legit this is, but essentially you can use a website that would download APKs that are compiled for the x86 architecture for your computer. And then you're able to actually use Chrome on you know the genie motion and actually do just testing because yeah. that's all you want to do is just all you want to do is i don't want to use windows i just want to make sure does it work all right on ie and i don't want to use an android device on my computer i just want to make sure does it work all right in chrome and you know it's these things where you have to test on these like real devices and simulators may even not be perfect but at least no, they give I you the um like the ipad simulator that you can get either in the when you open up the inspector in chrome or anything like that i find often that it's nothing like how it looks on an actual ipad See, that's interesting. And that's where maybe, you know, real hardware devices is still a win because you need to know and see what's really on real concrete hardware. You know, how is the touch events really going to work on the device and things? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, the the actual functionality itself isn't going to be exactly replicated, is it? So That's it. But, I mean, the next best thing is these things. And, and, you know, for... It gives you a chance, doesn't it? it, That's it. It gives you a chance. And and so that's one thing I did. um, And and that was another thing, actually, you know, like kind of an interesting thing that I had to do over the last couple of weeks. Um, And and finally, actually, one last little thing, a little tangent, uh, is a really interesting JavaScript Jabber podcast um i tweeted about it during the week um and it was to do with immutable js and it's guy lee brian he um he works for facebook but he talks about immutable js um and immutable js like and how beautiful it is and and the you know the, the benefits for you know both you know before while performance gains you know while, while it's better to obviously it's performance it's more performant to use mutable structures Immutable JS provide or mutable immutable structure, sorry, gives you and the developer a lot easier time and allows you to figure out certain things, such as like has something updated very quickly, uh, and the and things using like React and view layers and stuff, UI layers really value for that, you know, have value in that. And uh, he did a podcast with them uh, about mutable JS, but he also went like on a bit of a tangent about like how functional programming, imperative programming languages, how they became, you know, like talking about all these weird things like lambda calculus and stuff, and it was really interesting. So I really recommend checking out that blog uh, that podcast which, which um, one's it oh sorry this is um i'm just looking at my laptop what's it called this is a javascript jabber podcast so actually JavaScript what i can do jabber. the beauty with the beauty of our friends sencaster boom there you go it's in the chat so yes yeah, so i'll put this in the show notes mutable js uh, mutable js essentially is a library that um implements a data structure persistent immutable data structure that was in closure uh it's a log 32 based o log 32 based it's can't remember exactly what it's called uh, it's but it's a certain data structure that was made like in early 2000s that is very performant um not obviously it's not as performant as a mutable data structure but it provides you the character the, the good characteristics of a persistent data structure and a mutable data structure which allows you to do better checks and easier quicker checks and stuff cool um and it's really i really recommend it and and also the api around immutable js is great like for just simple operations and stuff so you know it kind of provides you with a nice user programmer interface as well as the fact that you get these good characteristics out of it Mm. um and that is it for me like kind of those are the bits that i've been up to and stuff and yeah have you got anything else lee that you'd like to kind of share on the pod I don't think so. Uh, only that I've yeah, I've been using Vue a lot, and I and I really like it, and I recommend that people use it definitely. Uh, what re- can I ask? What resources and stuff you've been using to to look into Vue? Because Vue is like a big hot thing at the moment, isn't it? Like it's gained a lot of traction. The the actual 
view documentation is is absolutely brilliant. You can literally just go straight there and just work through that and get up to date and on your way very very quickly. Or um, actually, if you, I think it's viewcast.com. Jeffrey Ways does all has got oh. all his content on there. It's free. So really? Wow. And they they are perfect. They are brilliant. Oh, that's brilliant. And, and um, can I ask, like, so is it, it's view takes kind of like it takes is it's a replacement or well, not replacement, but a kind of a, a different approach to what you would do with something like React or Angular? I think it. I think ultimately it's achieving the same thing in a lot of ways. But it's for me, it's just I, I like the syntax a lot more. And well, that's cool. It's a lot more intuitive for me. There are there are little things with React that I wasn't too keen on. And um, just just little things with view that I've just found a lot easier, like the whole management state, management of state issues and stuff like that. Like um, in React, you have to keep calling was it this dot set state everywhere to update everything. Yeah. Whereas with view, you just basically set all your properties when you start, and then as they change throughout. So it's got the, the two way binding and yes. stuff. I mean, that's interesting. I mean, this is the thing. Like, if it works for you and it works for the scope that you're, you know, handling and needing to handle, then great stuff, man. One, one really cool thing about I like about it, and this is from going through that Viewcast um, course actually, is that if you basically you get your view instance and then you can you can attach an instance of view to like your window object in JavaScript. So they just have like a window dot event is like a new view instance, and then throughout of there you can um, emit your events and and listen for your events throughout all your components. So you don't have to keep passing them up and down all over the place. You can just literally listen in in each individual component if you need to and then act from there because that's one of the things like with react that i found frustrating is that you have to keep cascading props down to somewhere where they're needed yeah and you have to use contact yeah and you don't i mean you you can do that and in a lot of cases you do need to do that with you but it's not something that's essential so you can just from in one component you can do like if you if you've if you've attached window.event to a to a new instance of view you could just do like event.emit new folder added and then say in like wherever your folders are listed you can listen for that and then act on it there and then if there's a different part of your component you can just have an event on new folder added um function in there that's probably a really really hazy way of describing it no, like no, that I'm, sounds not cool, very, I'm not very good at discussing these things but yeah that's one of the things i found most helpful i just i found with react that it was very code heavy i don't know if you'd agree with that sometimes you it, all the do they call them components in React? It's been so long yeah. since I've used it now. All the all the reonants are they 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 get quite clunky, and you you have to do um, was it component did update and then check to see if if something's changed so you don't get an infinity loop and all that jazz that you. That's where it, like something like Immutable JS wins out as well, like with the presentation there. Because if you you know doing a because obviously it's really hard to check like did this change? Did something actually change in this data structure without checking every individual yeah. part of that data structure? And the nice thing with like Immutable data structures is is like it hasn't changed if it's the same exact thing. So you can do like a reference, you know, like you can do a double a triple equals on it and just say has this actually changed? It's like oh it hasn't changed. It's super quick um change like a super quick like operation to check that but like you say yeah if, you, if you're using kind of the javascript way of mutated mutations and stuff you have to then use these things like components should update and going really heavy and detailed into kind of like really weird predicates yeah one of the, one of the other things that i think you'll like as well is you can you can create dot view files have you have you encountered them at all or heard no, about them? what's that so it's it's brilliant actually it just keeps every, all the logic for that thing in one particular file so one of the main ways that you kind of handle all your um, your kind of presentation code is you can enclose them within template tags. 
So all your all your HTML markup and you know declaring your values mm-hmm. and everything in there. And um, so you'd have that at the top, and then you just have your um, have script tags underneath it where you declare your instance, and then you know use all your methods and your data and declare all your data, and just basically interact with the component. And then underneath, you can have style tags as well, so you can take care of all the CSS for that component oh, within right, there as cool. well. It's really, really clean, really That's nice. That's a very nice modular way of looking yeah, at exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. That was one of the biggest wins for me, actually. So uh, you obviously have to compile that down using, um, I think there's Viewify, and there's various things on there that you can use through um, Webpack or Browserify, whatever you use. But, um, yeah, for the for working with this data room, that's basically been my workflow. I've got all these separate components, all these view files that are that are all separate and reusable. I just, I find, I, for some reason, found the whole workflow of making things reusable much better with Vue. And well, that's cool, though. I mean, it, it, again, it's like there's so many different choices and, and one will work with your problem you're trying to solve, the way you think and the way your company works. And, you know, that yeah, exactly. It, it, it's so many factors that take into consideration. And that's what the great thing is, is about having all these different choices is, you know, they may there may be like a little ger- German of an idea that's the same in all of them and they've all kind of expanded on them in different ways. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I recommend it. it's uh, brilliant no i'll definitely i'll put it in the show notes and i definitely will check it out because it it does sound really interesting and kind of like your your exploration on it and stuff how how positive you've been you know felt towards it it's it's really interesting it's it's, i even tweeted evan new to say thanks for making this it's made development fun again because it really has like the first few times i was messing around with it it was literally one of those cases where like i wonder if this will happen if i do this like secretly hoping that it will like you, like you say with with little developer wins like i love that yeah exactly and again like a lot of the bonuses with laravel quite often you don't even need to look at the documentation you can just kind that's of cool. intuitively that's a great design app i mean so, so yeah but no other than that that's that's it i've i'm working on another project for a car scrap merchant that's involved um working with the dvla search api um, more, right, and more external APIs, more third-party yeah, API a, goodness. That seems to be a lot of what I'm doing at the moment, but that's fine. It's good to good to work with all these different things. Mm, but, definitely, see how they they all work and everything. Yeah, but I've still only got a demo key for that. The client needs to actually buy tokens to work with it before I can before I can do any more with it. So I'm limited to to a certain amounts of car number plates that I could work with at the moment. So well, that's their problem, sir. <laughs> but yeah, so over yeah over the next few weeks, I think I'll be working more on that and carrying on with this data room, getting it done, and yeah, and walking the dog, and yeah, I think that's pretty much it. But it's, it's almost been... like a daily a daily thing walking the dog, or else the dog gets quite annoyed. <laughs> go out every day it's not fair oh no god can't you make it like once a week or so god later yeah get lazy dog yeah and he like <laughs> he likes to sleep while we're working as well so while we're all we're oh, keeping him in the life perfect perfect job there yeah job he couldn't have a better life so oh bless him but yeah oh dear well it's been great having you back on the show lou it's been, it's been great chatting man i will try and and get on more frequently but at least when i've been on for a while i've got a bit more to say no absolutely <laughs> dude you're welcome anytime anytime and yeah, um, thanks to to you for all the work you've done keeping the podcast going, and hopefully all the listeners are still enjoying everything. And yeah, I hope Fraser as well. Haven't heard or spoken. Or seen we'll try, next one, next one is to try and get Fraser on as well. Yes, uh, maybe one day we'll get another four man pod. It is so hard trying to like get everyone in one 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 time frame, one yes, unit. It is, but but we'll get there one day. Absolutely, and it's been great talking to you, Lou, man. And yeah, I hope everything goes all right. I hope the dog walking 
is still as enjoyable each day. I mean, it's a good time to think as well, you know. Get you out and about. Get, yeah, breaks your That's day it. up. And, um, get the blood going. Yeah, I enjoy it. So, yeah, all good. All good. My end just been very busy. But, yeah, I'll, I'll touch base through the year. And I'm still here. I'm still... I still, still like alive to, and kicking, I still man. Like to consider myself one of the hosts, even though hell yeah, possibly maybe slightly more active than Fraser, but not by much, and certainly <laughs> way less active than you and Mike. So, oh man, no, no, it's fine, dude. Life happens. Happy New Year to to all the listeners, and and I hope everyone's good. I was going to say, good, try, good. I was trying to think of something really profound to say then, but I didn't. Dude, you don't have to. That sounds perfect, man. Oh, wicked. Thank you. All right, then, audience. Well, it's been another great episode. If I do say so myself, in my humble opinion. Very humble, very humble. Uh, And audience, we shall speak to you again next week. Goodbye. Bye. You've been listening to Three Devs and a Maybe. You can contact us at contact at threedevsandamaybe.com or follow us on Twitter at the number three, Devs and a Maybe.